Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcasts. Anthony and Tim bring you along on trading deadline day in Major League Baseball. But more importantly, we're getting the game back together. Uh, from a few years back of the high school football season, he's, of course, come on our podcast many times in the past. It's good to have our good friend Matt Emsch back. Matt, how you feeling, my friend? Uh, you know, it's it's so nice to be back. Thanks for letting me uh, sit in. I miss this as well. I miss you guys, and I feel like we're getting ready to leave to go to a game mm-hmm. right now. And um, you know, I've been out of it for a couple of years, and it's going to be the first year back in two that I'll be calling games. And sadly, not with my partner of many years, but uh, you know, I have a new one in Matt Lipsack, the voice of the Phantoms, and. I think it's going to go well. We're going to be calling the Mineral Ridge Rams season. Uh, very important to me. My daughter's a freshman there. She's going to be the first uh, feature twirler there in almost 40 years. So I have a reason, you know, to be there. But they have been up. They had a great, maybe even best season that mm-hmm. the school's ever had in history last year. Um, they have their JV team from last year was undefeated. Their 7th and 8th grade was undefeated. They've got a good program going there. They really do. They've they really turned a page in the last yeah. couple of years. Shaner's and... doing great. He he got a gem in Chet Allen from mm-hmm. from Liberty when he uh, left the head coaching job there. He's the D coordinator, and they're just doing good things there. I'm impressed with it, and I am more than anything, as you, you get me that at the beginning, I'm happy to be back and, and calling games and – you know, I, I've really missed it. You know, it's been tough watching and hearing everybody, uh, you know, do that. And when you have a love for something, uh, especially like football and, and sports, it's it's a killer not having it. But uh, it's going to be a joy crawling the stairs to, to get to calling a game. Yeah, I tell you what, just seeing that sparkle in your eye talking about it again. I'm happy. It is, it's exciting. I'm Thank happy you. for you. And Thank you. we've talked about this. Uh, we all know mm-hmm. about some of the – the health issues that you've had, and we don't need to rehash everything right. you went through. But it is wonderful to see you again. It's Thank wonderful you. to have you on the show. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, and I'm telling you right now, expect calls throughout the year as we – I want our Mineral Ridge update here on, on, on the podcast. Simple and as that. you will get it for yeah. sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out what's going on. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good. And, of course, uh, Western Reserve Radio, uh, Matt – has been a part of for many years. He's back with uh, with Jim and Mark and the gang now. Of course, Matt uh, covered the Phantoms for many years, you know, as the voice of the Phantoms. So, yeah, it's going to be good for you. I'm, I'm excited. It really should be a, a good experience. Actually, I think it's actually a chance for you to grow. I agree. And I'm going to tell you why. One of the greatest things you can do is experience something new that you already experience. So you're going to experience broadcasting with someone new, and their style, their presentation, their their preparation, and everything different from what I do, which is great. It'll give you a new perspective. You'll take some things that you learned from me, and you'll learn more from Matt, and you'll learn from your own experiences because you're going to learn how to set things up and do things and be, you know, more involved than you ever have been in the past. I think it's wonderful for you. I think, seriously, the opportunity for yourself to get to the next level and continue to grow, especially someone uh, as yourself 
who so desires to do it again, you know, after your health issues and couldn't do it the last couple of years. Now you're back in the seat. And as you mentioned, you have an invested interest. Your your daughter's going to be, you know, a feature truller. It's a community your, your daughter goes to school in. It's a community that's getting behind the Rams again. They've always been behind the Rams, but they're really going to get excited about this program as it moves forward, especially after the gains they've made the last couple of seasons. Yeah, there's a, there's a great contingent of, of parents that support the program and support the school. And it's, you know, I, you know, I went as – the people listening may not know, you know, you guys obviously know I went to Ursuline and I was used to, you know, just everybody supporting. Mm-hmm. It's very similar the way that the superintendent, uh, Damon Dohar, is running that school. And that's why I, I let her go there. And it, I see a lot of similarities. You know, it's a smaller school, mm-hmm. so kids get more attention mm-hmm. from the teachers. And it's a very positive, tight-knit we are, you know, rich. Mm-hmm. All the students are all together, and special things happen. You know, you remember exactly. when YSU mm-hmm. won their national championships, 91 through 94, everybody from the team to the trainers to the cheerleaders and majorettes and the, everybody in the band, down to the, to the people putting pads on us in, in the equipment room, everybody worked together and coach Tressel believed that that needed to happen and that's what's going on over at ridge and you know i i thank you about that you know i i do think i'm, I'm obviously going to learn from that and, and it's it's weird being the the top veteran and and i think he's going to do great but i agree you know i'll learn things that i learned uh you know over the years and you know when i talk about how i appreciate people that have helped me through the years and get me into radio. I first go to my uncle, John Cappy Capranis. Right Right behind him is Mark Means, who's going on his 28th year uh, uh, doing, doing games. And, and then I, there's a third person and, and that's you, Tim. And, you know, they help bring me into it, but my changing how I learned to call games, how I learned not to step on toes during games, and you know, your hand going, <laughs> and, and I, I, I appreciate that, and I learned so much from it, and, and I think that absolutely will help Matt, you know, that I won't be doing things or interrupting him when he's calling plays, and, you know, I, I really, truly would not be doing this the way that I'm doing or have the love and the fervor I do for this if it wasn't for for my uncle, for Mark, and for you, Tim. And I, I really thank you for everything you've taught me at this point. Oh, appreciate it. If you hear sirens in the background, it's because we're doing the old school style. <laughs> we're back on the back porch like we've done a few years ago. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, it's the greatest thing about my podcast. I could bring it anywhere, take it anywhere, mm-hmm. do it anywhere I want. I was like, when Anthony showed up, I said, hey, we're going old school. We're going uh, in the studio on the back porch. <laughs> and I'm going to miss having, having Anthony around, you know. I mean, it was so nice when we have games. Yeah. We could depend on Anthony. He was our unsung everything. hero. He truly was. He yeah. did all the stats for us each and every week. Uh, always, always uh, ready to do it. Had pen and paper to begin with. Willing to do it on the phone when it when mm-hmm. the apps didn't work on the uh, iPad and back everything to the, neat yeah. and put together oh. beautifully. And he, you got everything Thank done, you, man. And Thank you were you. as important as as anybody else in it. And uh, you know it's it's going to be hard not seeing you there too. And it, it means a lot to me to see you two right now. And 
um, you know, both of you had tremendous effects on me, and we became a family, and I'll, I will always consider the two of you brothers, and, and uh, you know, I'll take that to my grave, that you guys are, are part of my family, and, you know, I, I have true love for the both of you, and I could not have gotten back to calling games if I didn't have the effects from certain people over the years, and two of you are are two of those people. Well, I so appreciate thank the thank thought you. process. Yeah, there's no thank question you. about it. So, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, or at the top of the show, I should say, uh, it's trading deadline in baseball. Mm -hmm. And there has been trade activity this year, like I have not seen in a long time. Early, too. Yes. Early and late. Yes. And you can see the difference in the rules over mm -hmm. the last couple of years where now they don't have the second trade deadline with the waiver deals. Mm -hmm. So everybody has to get make their deals now. Uh, the Guardians made a second deal, or actually a third sure. deal. Let me rephrase mm -hmm. that. Josh Bell has been traded, so his $16 million salary will not be on the books next year. And he is going to Miami for two infielders. It's the Cleveland uh, Guardian special. Yeah, tell you what, it is. It's like the dent. Is it the uh, buffet at Ponderosa? Yeah, you can always count on it. We're always going to get an yeah. infielder. Yeah, I think that to me, kind of just it's like you said, a salary dump. Let's get six and a half million dollars off the books. We don't have to right. worry about that anymore. And um. Segur and Watson, they probably won't play. Watson may be a good player. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, again, I hate I hate judging players I've never seen. And that's what you're doing. Um, obviously, there's a salary swap of some mm -hmm. sort in this. But in the, in the end, they wanted a first baseman. They got one. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's offense is really not going to suffer because it no. has no offense to begin mm -hmm. with. And it's going to be interesting to see. Now. The big trade of the week was trading Savali. Aaron Savali traded away to Tampa Bay for a first baseman, a minor league first baseman, uh, top 35 or 37, mm -hmm. depending on which one you're listening to, rated player mm -hmm. in, in minor league baseball. Uh, and uh, we'll see exactly... Uh, yeah, uh, how that works out. Manzardo, I believe is how you yeah. say it. And Kyle, uh, Kyle Manzardo. And uh, you know what? It's, it is a typical Guardian-type trade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is you're not going to know the exact Outcome impact, of, yeah. impact of the trade today. This is not a trade like Rosario for Syndergaard. Mm -hmm. All right, both of them, you know, in their walk years, you traded a shortstop and got a starting pitcher when you needed one. Yep. And then you went out and traded another one. So it made no sense to me on that level. But this is where they're at. This is who they are. Uh, yeah, they were sellers this year. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, and I've said this when you walked in. We were talking about different things. It was just crazy. This organization sold players this trading deadline mm -hmm. and got younger players in return. One veteran mm -hmm. pitcher. And I honestly believe they could still win this freaking division. And that's how bad this division is yes. playing right now. Yes. You know, you got to think the White Sox, they sold off Giolito and Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly. And, and they sold Burger today. Oh, did they? Yes. Oh, good. He won't hit three. He won't hit three or four home runs against us next weekend. <laughs> and 
and you guys are on a subject that I know just a tiny bit about, so I will let you guys. <laughs> That's all right. I just I had I was looking yeah, over some stuff about Manzardo and saw he was 63rd overall pick for the Rays in 2021. Um, I mean, he's 23 years old, so mm-hmm. addressing he's you young. Yeah. Saying, yeah, he's young. I mean, do you guys like you know that they say you know he has yet to have his big league debut that'll be with the Guardians. Mm-hmm. I mean. Does that make you a little nervous? No, again, he's obviously the reason Josh Bell was available to trade is because he traded for a first baseman Mm -hmm. in in, in Manzardo. Okay. Who's hurt, by the way. Right. Oh, he's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. and he's a minor leaguer, meaning he has not made his major league debut, as you just mentioned. The talent level of what scouts say is you're going to get a quality player here. Now, how far he develops, that's unknown. I mean, he could potentially be an all-star. He could potentially be Lonnie Shelton, a really good player. Mm -hmm. He could turn out to be uh, a player who, you know, hits 225. You know, we just don't know. And The thing that scares me is last year... Antonetti and Tito said, we don't want to trade with Tampa Bay. Anytime they call, we're hanging up the phone. Because usually when Tampa Bay is trading a guy, they know something. Yeah. Um, Well, here's the thing, and I agree with you. And I said that's the most scary part of that trade is who your partner was. Mm, Uh, Exactly. And and, and that's, that's, I agree with you. And you traded for a player who's not healthy at the moment. What's your guys' feeling on? I mean, obviously losing a, a decent picture and, and Aaron Savali. I mean, is that a, just a crushing loss for, for you guys? Or? It's it's hard on this level, and this is one thing I that all season I you know when we have had opportunities to talk is injuries to the Cleveland mm-hmm. Guardians pitching staff this year have been overwhelming. Uh, their number one starter in Shane Beaver went down. He's not due back, if back, this year in September. Late September, yeah. Um, McKenzie. McKenzie has been out all year. They're probably the best pitcher they have. And and, and he's been out. He made one start or two starts mm-hmm. this season. Um, and he's been injured all season. Quantrill's been and injured. And Quantrill, who is really your fourth or fifth starter mm-hmm. out of your five starters, has been promoted up to like number one or number two at times in your rotation, and he's been injured twice. So, and then you go, you're bringing up rookies to play, talented rookies, talented, talented, talented rookies. I think we have three young, budding, starting pitchers in this lineup right now. Unfortunately, they're so green, yeah, they mm. can't get you deep into a ball game. And that puts so much more pressure on your bullpen, and your bullpen has struggled all year. So if your starting pitcher gets you four or five innings, let's say five mm-hmm. innings, and, and that's half a game of the nine mm-hmm. you're going to play, that means your bullpen has to get 12 outs to finish out the game. And right that's now, that's a, that's a big ask. Like last season, when they had that big run in after the All-Star break, mm-hmm. after the trading deadline yep. in July. They didn't make any trades nope. last year. And 
what happened was is the starting pitching solidified, and it got to a point where most of the starts were going into the seventh inning. They got at least six innings down, yeah. and some of them Didn't were going. They led baseball last year some, in yeah. and, starting innings pitched right. and least amount of innings by the bullpen. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say, and then they were getting into the seventh or through the seventh inning. So you only had to get six out of, out of your bullpen. It's a huge difference between thing, six and 12 outs. And, you know, and that's last night it was a perfect example of of the of how hard it is yeah. to get all those outs. Your starting pitcher, first time starting. He pitched and, really well. And Noah Syndergaard, the guy you got he, he for Rosario. I thought he did well. I mean, yeah. I thought Tito said it great. He used the entire ballparks, but they're out. Hey, and you know, out. And he goes, right now we just want to see him pitch. Mm-hmm. We're not going to you know, examine and try to tweak mm-hmm. him or anything like that. They just want him to pitch. And I thought he did well. In typical Cleveland fashion, and I say this typically, yep. uh, he gets he gets clunked on the ankle with the ball and comes out in the sixth inning. Now, would he have gone beyond the sixth inning? Probably not. But still, that's but but then again, there were still twelve more outs to get, mm-hmm. and they couldn't get it. And then they bring in Eli, you know, Morgan. Eli Morgan, and he's he's a dumpster. Did you dumpster guys fire. mention Bieber at all? Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, have... he's he's injured with the with the. Elbow, shoulder, yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and it's it's just gonna be like I said, for him to come back is gonna. I just don't expect it this year. Mm-hmm. And you know that was the the quote unquote golden egg that they yep. had this year coming into the season. Meaning, a you have, you know, Bieber, the mm-hmm. the player you're talking about, he's a former Cy Young winner in the major league, so he's he's top tier pitcher. Mm-hmm. Now he's regressed a little bit in the last year or two, but if he goes out and throws real well. And was not not injured like he has been the last month. At this stage of the game, he's valuable. Teams would want him. You could have got some really interesting players in return for him to build your team going forward. And you would probably still have an Aaron Savali. He was a young pitcher. He still was in control. So that was the key. Aaron Savali had two years left before mm-hmm. he could become a free agent and all this stuff. So he was really... Under the control of the organization, so they, but they desperately need bats. They desperately need you know people who can get on base and drive in runs. You know, we'll see if uh, Manzardo will be that guy. Obviously, you know Josh Bell again. He Cleveland, was not it. Yeah, Cleveland swings and misses so often with free agents. Yeah, uh, bats. I can't tell you the last free agent bat that actually was. Uh, well. Mike Napoli was probably the last. Yeah, Mike Napoli. I would even go and say. Encarnacion was Encarnacion good. Yeah. Was, did exactly what yeah. you expected him to do. Besides he, that, that's been six, right. seven years. Oh, my God. Longer than that. Encarnacion's really. here 17, 18. Yeah. yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah. But, I have a question for both of you. I'm going to give you each yeah. a shot here. Give me pros and cons, each one of you, the pros of, of what you see. Coming up for the Guardians this year, both of you give me two, and then give me a con, each of you two. I'll let you go and start with the trades, Anthony. I know you have your own opinions, and you haven't had a chance to really say it yet. Yeah, I think the big thing you got to look at is the starting five in the rotation that you broke camp with, nobody's there anymore. Yeah. Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill, all hurt. You traded to volume. Zach Plesak made four or five starts, yeah, he, and he's down in Columbus starting. Yeah. yeah, so that's a con right there. No, that's yeah. you know, it's last year you had no injuries. You're starting pitching, none, none. Yeah, 
Wow. You were really lucky last year. You know, it's just, I think, too, I think, like we talked about in April, um, one of the reasons when I got back from spring training, I said, I'm, I'm not really bullish on this team this year is, you know, you got the new schedule, meaning everybody plays everybody. So you're playing teams that you usually don't play. Schedule, yeah, right. you're playing a balanced schedule. Okay. Last year, and Tim and I have talked about this, you know this, the way you get in the play is you win your division. Right. Yeah. And they have done really well in the division. I think we calculated last year, 76 games, they won like 60% of them. They were, I, I mean, they dominated. Yeah, um, that's what you want. This year they're playing fewer games. I think I calculated 24 fewer divisional yes. games. You know, in those 24 games, if you went 18 and 6, like one year they went 15 and 18 and 1 against Detroit alone. You know, Say you went eighteen and six, seventeen and seven against those division games. There's seventeen wins right there. Right. You don't have. And let's give credit to the division. They've played yeah. Cleveland better this year. Yeah. Detroit played them better. Uh, Kansas City somewhat better. You know, I mean, you're not going to dominate a team like you did Kansas City and Detroit of- every year. And and Cleveland yeah. lived off of that. And and they dominated Minnesota, who's leading yeah. the division at the moment. So you know, obviously. The division caught Cleveland, and Cleveland came back a little yeah. bit. There's I no question pro, about that. You know, flip off the starting pitching injuries is the emergence of, as Tim said, you got three starters now going forward: Tanner Bybee, Gavin Williams, and Logan Allen, who you can pencil in your rotation in the next ten years. That's, if they stay healthy, nice. yeah, you know, you got a lefty in Joey Cantillo in Columbus. He'll probably be up soon. He throws. 98-99 a lefty. Oh, my God, as a lefty. That's the starting pitching staff miss this year is guys who can straight say, you know what, here's my fastball, hit it. And that's what you need. You need yeah. to be able to pump gas by them. Well, you have to like be, in football. If yeah. you have straight line speed, I'm faster you, I'm going right by you. Right. You know what I'm doing. Not man on man, stop it. Right, right, right. Exactly. And that, you know, that always comes down to it. Do you run the right route? Do you, do you, uh, can you block someone downfield? Can you get him free? Right, yeah. Yeah. Can you do certain things, you know, besides just run fast? Right. And you know that as anybody. It's a beautiful thing to start with, though. Athleticism, you cannot teach. You can't teach it, no. You can't teach athleticism. And anytime you have it, it's a wonderful gift. Mm hmm. However, you have to be right. able to be able to be able to rise to a level of the position you're playing mm-hmm. and the responsibilities of that. Um, Cleveland, as a baseball team, has great athletes. I, yeah. There's no question. I mean, you may – I'll use a, a person I think who's a really good athlete is Miles Straw. He's a yeah. fantastic athlete. He's a really good defensive center fielder. But you put a bat in his hands, he might as well not have a bat in his hands. He might get actually get hit by a pitch and go to first base then. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing that, you know, yeah, and when just, you have speed in baseball, you're right. like this team constructed the roster to do, to have speed from top to bottom, you're not utilizing it. You know, Miles Straws is supposedly the fastest guy on your team. He has two stolen bases in three months. Oh, you're not even using them. No, you're not even. 
I and think, where you talk about like straight straight ahead speed as yeah, in football, yeah. you do need to have all the parts working. Exactly. You have to line blocking while opening holes or receivers out there getting hats well, on hat. But baseball, you straight line, baby. That that is perfect for what you know, you're talking about. In 1990, we use a football analogy. YSU was the hunter. You know, they were just getting going. Trestle's team, they made oh, the playoffs. Yeah. And they got beaten the first round at home. Mm-hmm. And that was like, what the hell are you doing? What yeah, it was a great... And then, then you came back as the hunted. And you had that mindset to flip the switch as the hunted. And you were on the run you talked about. This year's team is the hunted, as Tim talked about. And they've kind of come back to the mean... While last year they were the hunter, and they snuck up on some teams. And every year, as Anthony like mentioned, is, is he's correct with everything he's just said. And every year is a challenge, as you know. Mm-hmm. What you did last year really doesn't have any effect what you do this year. Right. Uh, injuries play a big part of the role of no matter what team, your sport you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. And your opponent's going to get better. You know, like he said, they they – Cleveland Cowboys. Last year was kind of one of those magical years. You had a lot of young players who succeeded for the very first time at the major mm-hmm. leagues. Uh, the division was weak. Yep. You took advantage of it. Got on a really hot streak, and you got great pitching. And baseball's first and foremost about great pitching. And you can see that in this team. Why are they a 500 team all season long? Well, statistically, it's really easy to talk about my mind, is the pitching is just not consistent. Uh, this team has won 53 games, lost 54 right now. The most they've won in, in a row is three games. Yeah. Whoa. That, and you just can't, you know, you, and we talked about this last time we talked, and we talked about it in, you know, in April. Are they a seven, eight game win streak away from really taking over this division? The answer is yeah. yes, but I don't think they have the ability to do no, it. They don't. They don't. Not this season. Um, maybe they'll they'll surprise me and they'll put you know two weeks together of a really good baseball where everything gels mm-hmm. and they'll they'll win nine out of ten and all of a sudden you know hopefully your Minnesota will will go five and five yep. or four and six in that same period and you build a you build a little lead and then you build some momentum. I just don't see this team right now being able to do that because of the moves they made. Look, they made the right decision in selling. Oh, yeah. 100%. It, 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 is, it is frustrating being a game and a half out of first place and saying we have to sell. Yeah. But I'll say it again. As much as they sold, and they did sell, every player, they, they only had one trade was a fair, or what I would say, a legitimate major league trade, meaning you got mm-hmm. major league player for yep. major league player. That was Rosario right yep. for Syndergaard. You got you traded a a bat for a, for a pitcher. You needed a starting pitcher. You did that. Then you went and traded a pitcher for a bat that we'll see if he plays this year. Most likely he will uh, with the trade of Bell. Now I imagine come September he will be up. I heard he's a year or two away. Uh, you can so, see him in September. It wouldn't matter. You know what I'm saying? So I, think right. that, I agree. I guess that confused me a little bit. Is you talked about is like your golden egg is teams covet controllable starting pitching. Yeah. Any team in baseball does. Yeah. And you had that in Aaron Savali. <laughs> he was only making two and a half million dollars a yeah, year. Yeah, he's cheap. Yeah. And you got 
next uh, to nothing yeah. from. Yeah. Well, well, you like know a what? Brown's the, mistake. <laughs> in a lot of ways, it kind of reminds you of that. But more than anything, I look at it this way now, Anthony, and it's, mm-hmm. it's purely not. I'm not expecting this to happen. But Noah Syndergaard, if he pitches well this year, yeah. And you make a connection with the man. There's a possibility Absolutely. you may want to try to bring him back. I mean, it's one game right now. I don't want to sell sell but the still, farm, but I will throw that out there that it could happen. And again, he could take this opportunity and turn it into exactly. fifteen, eighteen million dollar contract with the Baltimore Orioles or whoever it may be. And what did we talk about a couple Baltimore, weeks ago? Way, this team needs a veteran. Yes. They desperately need a veteran. Somebody to turn to and say, okay, I'm struggling now. Wow. How do I get out of this? Or, you know, just- what they needed is a veteran for the bullpen, and they didn't get it. Hmm. You know, um, your favorite player uh, pitched against us. This my favorite player pitched against us this I'm past week. I'm glad I was in Columbus all week. Yeah. I didn't have to watch. Uh, it was a tra- and they are. And that was, uh, that was our man Shaw from the bullpen. I'll say that. And this. I'll tell you what, and I'll say this again and again. Why I always liked Shaw as a pitcher is he's a soldier. Yeah. If it was the first inning or the ninth inning, you give him the ball, he's going to give you everything he got. Even if he pitched the last three nights in a row. Mm-hmm. If you ask him to pitch, he's going to pitch. That's and that's the type. That's the uh, Most people don't understand because, unfortunately, a player like that's going to fail. There's no way he can be 100% Great every time you give him the right. ball, but the reason you're giving him the ball is because eighty percent of the time he's going to do the job, seventy-five percent of the time he's going to do the job, and you recognize that maybe in the biggest game of the year he may fail, but the only reason you're in that game is because what he did all season long to get you there, and those are the type of grunts that you need in the bullpen. You need yeah. someone you can absolutely rely on. And like last night, for example, Syndergaard went down. They had to bring in Morgan. Morgan was, you know, Morgan's a dumps fire. But yep. needless to say, hey, if you had, nice I'd rather, I rather, I'd rather had, you know, a, a Shaw come in, a veteran there. And if he got lit up, he got lit up. But you know what? You know darn well you're giving yourself the best opportunity to win. Well, here's the thing. Last night when Syndergaard left the game... You're up 2 nothing, and he had one, two walks. You finish with nine in the game. Yeah. Your bullpen walks seven guys. Yeah. Against you anybody, strikes. you're going to lose the game. Against right. that lineup, right. well, you're against, gonna, that's asking for... You have to, you have to throw strikes. And it, it, here's another thing we talked about before is this team as a bullpen does not get strikeouts. Nope. Nope. So when you come in... And you need to either get create what is called a non-productive out, mm-hmm. meaning where a, a runner cannot advance on the out, mm-hmm. either a fly ball, deep fly ball, where they score from third on a sack fly, or a ground ball to the right side mm-hmm. of the field, that type of thing. Um, what you want as a pitcher, and it's easier to say than done, is you want to strike out where the runners can't advance, or a pop-up mm-hmm. in the infield where the runners can't advance. And unfortunately, this bullpen gives up line drives. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of them. And then, and, you, you, and as you just mentioned, they 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 walk players. They 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 don't they don't have what I call clean innings. They can't no. have one, two, three mm-hmm. innings. They can't even give up a hit and get 
out of the inning. They have no. to give up two hits and a walk and then get out of the inning. And then sometimes a run scores. Like, you know, and that's like if unfortunately you throw who they are. Thirty pitches and or if you throw yeah. fifty pitches, sometimes those fifty pitches are easier if they're stress free innings compared to thirty pitches like Tim said. Two guys on, three guys on every single one of them. It's like Yeah, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah. You're never going downhill. You're only going uphill. And that's and a difficult way to win. You mentioned also about the problem they have. They still have not won more than three games in mm-hmm. a row, yeah. which is a huge problem in the postseason. Oh, yep. yeah. You, you, exactly. And you no, got to be able to string wins. You know, the big thing comes down to it is, and I'm going to use a phrase that I've heard for years beat into my head, it's explosive plays. And that's baseball. That's the extra base hit, the home run, the football. That's the 20, 30-yard passing. Mm-hmm. Right now, this team is trying to single you to death. It's the same way that Army and Navy try to beat you in football, ground and pound, See, ground and pound, ground and you pound, know what? and they don't have that explosive play that you can turn to. It was kind of a detriment last season, and I say this because they oversold themselves to the fans. Yep. Because what happened last year is they were the same type of team this year. There's no real difference. Mm-hmm. They had a few more homers last year than this year, which makes a difference because anytime you hit a home run, you score. Yep. A double doesn't mean you're scoring. Nope. It means you got it, you're in scoring position with either zero outs or two outs, you know, one or two outs. So. Mm-hmm. However, yeah, when you get down to this scenario, where, where are you at? You have to get on base. You have to get three big sets to get a score yep. a run. But what I was saying what they did is oversold this team is that we're going to go first to third. Yep. We're doing first to third mm-hmm. all the time. And they did. They were successful at that last year. Trim, they were the best in baseball. Well, and yeah. and it, it does help. But what really makes a difference in a team, and you, if you look back at every year Cleveland has been successful, mm-hmm. what is the most, one, of the, one of the biggest stats that stick out to you? I know what it is to me. I'm just curious, offensively, what is the biggest one? Offensively? Yes. To me, when they're successful, it's uh, two out hitting with guys in scoring position. Bingo. Bingo. Last year, they led baseball with 260, 275. and And there is a line of average. Yeah. Okay, meaning some years you're going to be above average. Some Mm -hmm. years you're going to be below average. And then some years you're going to do exactly what you need in the middle. And last year they were above average. They were very much they were the good. high part of the peak. This year they're underneath that nine. And that's a big difference. And, you know, last year they would get a two-out double and then someone would follow up with home, a single. Yeah. And this year that hasn't happened. Or they would have a runner at first with two outs and someone would hit a double and he would score yep. from first. Um, that hasn't happened this year. And you have to score multiple runs. And unfortunately, when I'm talking about two-out hits – they're always fishing for two out hits because mm-hmm. when they get runners on, they don't advance the runners as like well as they night, need to. You have base loaded, nobody out. Granted, ninth thing you're down seven two, so you're not going to win the game. But they get a sack fly. Yeah. Well, it's, here's the thing. You know, I I watched the post game and I understand what Francona said. Mm-hmm. What he said is not incorrect. However. The question I thought was real and honest. It, it put him on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, did you ever think about pitch hitting Miles Straws there with mm-hmm. bases loaded, nobody up? He says, "No, we need base runners." You know, he, and he represents the possibility of getting mm-hmm. a base runner, and he's correct. He's correct. He is correct. My question 
And the question the the reporter was asking is true. But do you believe that Gonzalez or Fry or Freeman would represent a better opportunity at that time? Now, Francona said no. Because this is our center fielder, this is our guy. Now that's his you know, that's a head coach. You know, mm-hmm. that's a manager. He's going to balance the world. Right. Yep. Yeah, he'll he'll live with his decisions and not question them afterwards. But I even I was saying, I go, well, even if you, you know, yeah, you're taking out your defensive center fielder, but you have enough outfielders to call. I mean, you could put Fry out in right field and, and move Brennan or Brennan, Brennan, yep. yeah, back over to center. It's not the end of the world. It could have been done. If the, you had the reason, it was the ninth inning anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's do or die. So, yeah, you need base runners. If Fry comes up there and strikes out just like like Miles Straw did, so be it. All right? But what happened? He strikes out. The next guy gets a base hit. Oh, yeah, we'll find something. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, buddy. I I agree with Tim there. It's, you know, at that point in the game, when you're down 7-2 or something like that, you need explosive plays, you know, and it, it it goes back to so much of how YSU struggled a couple of years ago is they could not throw the ball. Mm-hmm. If you can't throw the ball in football, you're not going to win. No. I no. mean, Canfield found this year, found a passing game, and what happened? They won a state championship. When you can't hit home runs and get a quick point, right? Well, quick well, run, you know, it's it's – I don't think it was a wrong question to ask Francona, no. and I think it was a fair question to to pose. And there's nothing wrong with that. The truth of the matter is, I you know, Miles Straw has 20 RBIs on the season. I mean, runs batted in. Mm-hmm. The most, the best he's going to do is either hit a ground ball, and you're going to hit a double play and get a run score. Yep. Or he's going to hit a fly ball deep enough to get the run score. Mm-hmm. If he comes through with a single, you get two runs, and the game's alive. Yep. The idea is, could a Freeman, who's batting 278 with minimal at bats, or a um, a Fry again, who's come up and played well with minimal at bats, give you a better chance. And truth of the matter, my idea is yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he was like, "Well, home run doesn't win us a ball game." He's right. Home run, you're down by five. Home run doesn't. You need base runners. But again, I will say this: as much as I love Frank seven to five is a lot better than seven to three. Well, and then it really doesn't matter. And he's right. You know, a loss is a loss. But my question is, do you really think Miles Straw is going to be more successful than Freeman or Fry? No. This season, and I would say no. And even if you took him out of the game, it's not the end of the world. Mm-mm. And we'll see what goes on. You know, uh, I love baseball. It's a fun game. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next two months. I'll say it again, and I'll say it over and over. This division is not very good. Minnesota didn't improve their team at all. Cleveland, most likely, even they sold players, they're still right in it. As crazy as it sounds. And, yeah, your prediction of a team that's going to be 500 or below, right yep. on target right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's... My my prediction of, of 90 wins, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... <laughs> if it happens, I'll... I will get up here and say I never ever expected it, and I won't take the credit two for it because it's just a prediction. Who cares? But um, the two odd hitting is just not there, yeah. and that's the thing you point to. Yeah, 
you have to score runs, just like any sport. You have to score runs. Uh, let's get back to, uh, if you don't mind, real quick. We're going to uh, jump right back into the football season as uh, the NFL season is just around the corner. The Hall of Fame game is next week with Cleveland. Uh, Joe Thomas goes into the Hall of Fame, one of the great offensive linemen right. of our era as fans. Uh, you being an offensive lineman, how, how cool is it to see uh, some of these uh, offensive linemen get the, their due uh, going into the Hall of Fame? You know, what I, what I really love about who you were just talking about, Joe Thomas, is you look at his resume. He, he did not get that Super Bowl, but this guy was, was a titan. He was a baller. He was always there. He didn't miss games for, forever. I don't know if he ever – did he ever miss one? No. So he, not until the, the injury ended his career. Right. Yeah. So the guy never missed a game. Never I, missed a play. Let me tell you from an offensive line, old offensive lineman, to be able to make it through uh, – I didn't even go to the pros <laughs> – any season or career uh, without missing anything like he did until he got he got you know finally hurt he he was incredible he was incredible right off the bat I love seeing the big pigs getting getting some love and um, you know let's be honest none of these running backs the greatest of all time would have those records if not for the offensive linemen. Tom Brady, the GOAT, would not have what he has if it wasn't for those guys blocking for him. So I think it's awesome to see them get some love. It's, it's about time. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a good day. It's a good day for football. It's a fun day for football in Canton. If you've never experienced it, <coughs> excuse me, if you never experienced it, you need to experience it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get down there uh, many years ago. A friend of mine uh, was interning. As an engineer down at, at, for Summit County and that, and um, he got, they all get together and they all part of that. This was back, you know, you're talking 80s. So everything was done on a Saturday. You had the, the uh, Hall of Fame game and the inductions beforehand. And you'll love this. I was there when Terry Bradshaw got inducted. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. And I, I got to see his famous thing. He goes, what I would do to put my hands underneath Mike Webster's butt one more time. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite, my favorite lines of all time. And he's a funny guy. Uh, and I, you know, he's caught some, some flack over the years about people saying, you know, it was the people around him. But it was him there, too. Oh, you know it what? You know, it's, I don't. We all know the quarterback is so a unique position in sports and is the number one position in football. Let's be honest. Yes, you need the other ten guys. Without them, the quarterback has no chance. But we also know the value of the quarterback, meaning if those ten guys are great, you're not going where if you don't have a quarterback who can make the plays. Mm-hmm. In his era, he was phenomenal. He was. He really was because – that era was the changing era, the 70s, because you were the dominating run team up through about 90, I would say 76, meaning the, the NFL was always dominated rushing. You rush and then threw off of the rush. Mm-hmm. Around 1977, 78, the rules started changing, and Bradshaw changed with it, and the wide receivers that he had were blessed, and they were able to expand their offense and become their last two Super Bowls, in my opinion— 
were led because of Terry Bradshaw. I agree. You know, there's no yeah. question about it. The first two Super Bowls, you can give the offense and defensive line all the credits in the world. The steel curtain mm-hmm. and that offensive line and Franco Harris and I all that. I was going to say Franco you know, was you a know, beast. That, that, they were a beast. Yeah. And, they, you know, and just like Miami before them, mm-hmm. and you can go down the list of Green Bay in the 60s, and, and you can go back to Cleveland before the Super Bowls with, with uh, Jim Brown and all that. That's the way football was played. Since about 1978, it changed becoming an offensive game, meaning passing game. Dallas it's changed. and the 49ers, yeah. that's yeah. why they, they destroyed well, look, everybody. You look at the greatest eras of football and, and the teams, that they're all led by great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. There's not one that had five quarterbacks. The only one that really did was was Washington, and then he didn't do it back-to-back-to-back. They did every three, four years. Mm-hmm. They'd come and rise with a quarterback, make it to the Super Bowl, and win one. Right. You know, but yeah. – I think they won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Right, they did. Yeah, I mean, very, very unique. Yes. And then you look at even when Oakland was winning Super Bowls, they had Jim Plunkett. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Bradshaw with the Steelers. Brown. You look, You look at in the 80s, you look at Montana and the 49ers. You, you know, uh, you can look at the other quarterbacks that – Rised up, yeah. You're gonna find the singularities, you know, with the Bears or the Giants and stuff like that. That the one super year. I'm not saying that Phil Seven was a isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback and right. all that, but you know, I wouldn't put him on the same level as I would put a Montana. I agree. You know, and or Steve Young, right? Yeah, yeah. and others who have played, you know, since then. And then you look at this season coming up. You're a Steelers fan. Mm-hmm. They got a young quarterback. Yes, they do. What's your evaluation of him coming into this second year? I expect good things from him. You know, it's ironic, you know, when when uh, Pittsburgh brought Ben Roethlisberger in, I actually was very high on him. I had seen I him too. play with Miami yeah. of Ohio. And people, of course, they know you're a fan of whatever. Hey, what do you think? Who do you think? that? I said, man, I would love to see Pittsburgh get this kid from Miami of Ohio. Yeah. And they did. And what I said last year was I wouldn't mind keeping that kid from Pitt there. He knows what he's doing. He looks good. He, he It's his home. He'll feel comfortable there. I think considering, even with the problems that Pittsburgh had last year, that he did a pretty darn good job. And I, I think he's going to do an even better one this year. I see great things on the horizon for him. I think he's a quiet superstar in the, in the near future. How concerned should Cincinnati be about the injuries that Joe Burrow's getting. Uh, I would be very concerned. I mean, you know, it's a beautiful thing to have a big quarterback who's able to, you know, get in there and mosh it and knock guys over. And they also take more hits a lot of the time and harder hits. And, um, you know, when you got a big boy coming at you, your best hitters are going to really lay it on thick. And he's had a good offensive line, but, you know, like all offensive lines, they're not always on the ball, and he's going to take shots. I I would be somewhat worried because the bigger you are, the more pressure and and damage you get on those weight-bearing joints and things like that. And after, you know, a couple years, you start hearing more and more he's getting this injury here or that injury there, and it starts to become chronic. I I would be nervous. Yeah, and then you look at the division, you got to look at Baltimore and Jackson. I mean, without question, in my opinion, the most athletic quarterback in really the NFL. Phenomenal. And when he's on, maybe the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL. The question is, can he be consistent? 
Do you see that potential in him? Uh, you know, I think number one, it's it's up to which they have one of the best coaches in the NFL. I, I just think yeah, he's Harbaugh. a great coach. Um, he has to get his head into it. I think last year you saw you saw flashes of really good parts of of Jackson, but he he kind of wasn't there all of last right. year mentally. And as I think well. he had some injuries. Yeah. yeah. So you get you get some mental things going on. You get injuries going on. If he can, if he can kind of move to that next level of that veteran of quarterbacks and stuff, and he can stay healthy, um, man, I, I could see him really turning into you know one of the best that are in the NFL. But you know they've been iffy. They they get some holes taken care of on that defense. They keep that offensive line as one of the top ten in the NFL. He can do some great things, but it's just it's too spotted. He, he has great flashes, and then something happens, and he's back, and it's like, man, you look at him physically, he is like a Greek god, you know, yeah. but uh, it just, he needs to just get that kind of perfect storm, and, and everybody do their job, and again, as I just said, the worst thing for all of them is injuries. If you can keep guys healthy, then you've got a good good look for the season. And then, of course, Cleveland has Watson, and he'll have a full season. Uh I still say it's an unknown. Uh, I think last year him playing was important Mm -hmm. for him Mm -hmm. and for the organization moving forward. We're going to see what he can do. He has the entire training camp. He has the best running back in football behind him. Mm -hmm. He has a quality offensive line. They have some receivers. I think Moore is going to be really dynamic in this offense uh, that they got from the Jets. And then, of course... We'll see exactly what happens. And I, I think Watson's going to be interesting. To, it's going to be an interesting story to see how he handles it week in and week out in the NFL and, uh, and playing in the black and blue division. And let's be honest. It's, it's a, uh, you know, the AFC North is, is a grunt. It, it's a man's conference and a man's league. It is the toughest. Those are the hardest-hitting, right. best rivalries, in my opinion, in the NFL. And, you know, I, I, I've said this over the years now is, you know, I, I used to, when I was younger, hate, hate the Browns because the Pittsburgh-Brown rivalry, you know, in the 80s was just hateful. But now I, I've gotten older, and as long as they don't play my Steelers, I wish them the best. I would love to see them get in. And I'm going to tell you what. They have done a great job, and it's about time that now they have reached that position where it's you're, you're looking at them, you're saying, man, they, they might be able to put something really special together. That defense of theirs, when they're on and they're healthy, they're phenomenal. They're lights out. Like you said, that offensive line, they're doing a good job getting some good players in there. Um, how can you not do well if you have a good offensive line? you got a guy behind center who knows how to sling it, is very good with the ball. It should be, hopefully, intelligent um, and not make stupid decisions. Um, man, he's got that running back that opens so many doors with the good offensive line, and they got a good tight end there as well. I forget what his name is, but he's, yeah. he's an excellent one. Um, Man, should just, be an interesting year in the AFC North. I think they're going to be one of the yeah. better ones. I really yeah. do. It should be an interesting year. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, I'll let you. Uh, what do you, you think? i got to ask this question because obviously the biggest move of the year with the Jets bringing in the quarterback 
from Green Bay. I mean, what it'll be interesting to see if that's going to work. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, first of all, what a shock to to you know all the cheeseheads losing him. That that's tough. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, just a couple of years ago, he was MVP. Yeah. I mean, perfect timing for him to go to the AFC yeah. East. There's not. I mean, Miami's the team to look for. It's Obviously, New England is uh, is on. Well, we just don't know yet. I mean, they don't have a quarterback, right? So we'll see. And they have Belichick, but they don't have a quarterback. I'll tell you what. What I really like about about um, the Jets is their head coach. He, yeah, he is, Salah. Yeah, he is awesome. I love. He's also Lebanese, and so am I. Um, he knows <laughs> how to get fired up. Um, you know, yeah. it is the Jets. Yeah, but. I don't know. It seems like he's changed that atmosphere there. He's a good coach. I yeah. agree with you there. I, yeah. I've always been impressed when he was with the Niners, a defensive coordinator yeah. in that. And uh, his first couple of years in New York will be interesting. And Rogers you know, going to have Rod- something to prove. Yeah, uh, let's face it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see a veteran. I mean, that's what they get in New York anyways. Mm-hmm. They don't ever really stick with the young kids long enough. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think that's the most interesting move this past offseason when you talk about quarterbacks, what's going on. Uh, real quick, I'll get you both on, on record here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be really hard for you, both of you here. Uh, your Irishes are taking on my Buckeyes. <laughs> I think it comes down to does Ohio State's rebuild offensive line with a young quarterback – you know, that's going to be their first test. Yeah. Indiana stinks. I mean, that's a, you're going to beat YSU. I'll say this. Don't be surprised if Western Kentucky gives Ohio State a game. Not They're not going to beat them. Right. But at that but, game, 7 to 10 points at halftime, don't be surprised. That's a week for Notre Dame. They're looking ahead, you know, still trying to figure things out. You know, that matchup, I think it comes down to two things. How does Ohio State's offensive line handle themselves? Yeah, because to me, that's the difference between Ohio State making the college football playoffs and being a three to four last team. But that's really difficult. And Notre Dame, if Notre Dame's front seven on defense can match up, I think Notre Dame can beat them by 14 points. I think the addition of Sam Hartman is huge for Notre Dame. Well, He's yeah. the best quarterback. He is statistically the best quarterback in ACC history. Yeah. So. I, I like what he has to say. You know, the one thing that that for me is good about going to see the game is I am both Ohio State and mm-hmm. so, yeah. and I get a lot from people. You know, how can you beat either? Or I am. You're, most people in Ohio are, be quite honest. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they are. You go back. I mean, you want to go back in, in decades. Okay, <clears throat> go back to Woody Hayes. Why didn't Woody Hayes want to play Notre Dame? He had two reasons, and the main reason was. Many people in Ohio were Catholic and Notre Dame mm-hmm. fans, and he didn't see a reason why he didn't see a, a a valid need for these two schools to play each other because they both had the recruits within the boundaries of Ohio, and Ohio was one of the greatest states to recruit in, you know, nationwide and all that. And there was no need to ruffle the feathers. You know, you have your room, I have my room, we're good. And that's how football was for many years, and right. not now mm-hmm. it's and now it's a complete they should be three playing. for all. Yeah, and I, and I love and, you know, it. And it's good. I'm glad to see them playing again. Me too. And uh, I know it's only a two year contract, and hopefully it'll come again. And hopefully it'll be, 
you know, scenario will be a a B, you know, a playoff game, you know, at you know in Arizona or in the Rose Bowl or something like that someday again. Um, but yeah, it's fun. I love it. I always grew up as Ohio State fan first. Notre Dame, I, I it was always part of my life. You know, going back to Joe Montana and others. Uh, you know, as a young kid watching Montana play, number three, you know, and uh, the great game he had against Texas and uh, winning the uh, the national title, and then of course the Lou Holtz uh, era, right? You know, and now you know you even go Bob Davies being from Youngstown State, you know, and you know there's connections in Ohio, uh, even though that's Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's going to be fun. A lot of, I, I'm lot looking of forward players to it. too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it and. Um, oh, yeah. No, I'll be wearing my scarlet and gray. One quick yeah. question for you. <laughs> yes. How many wins this year do you need to not kick Phillips? Oh, kick him through the, the up. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Onto the 680? Yeah. Uh, seven. I, you know. I, you I, know I what? I, I know you. he's a great guy. And I know people like him. Mm-hmm. And even love him mm-hmm. as a person. And. The truth of the matter is, in his four years as head coach at Youngstown State, I have not seen where he's made a difference in the program. The best way you can make a difference in the program, no matter who coach, yes, is to win. But, damn it, win at home. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's difficult in that conference. I know the the talent that comes in every week, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in that conference, you know, in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. I recognize those aren't easy wins, but you have to hold the castle. You have to win your games at home. Yeah. You know, you have five or six home games a year. You have to win 90%. You have to go 4-1, 5-1, 6-0. Oh, you know, and you a- have to win your home games. If you don't win your home games... You don't have a chance, period, because you're not going to win all your road games. Yeah, especially some of the teams, you know, you you end up having to travel to, um, you know, some of them over the years, like Northern Iowa is just that one team. (laughs) It just kills you. Always has our number, especially away. And, you know, I. And the Dakotas, you know, are going to kick your ass. And you got, I agree with you, you got to win at home and, and also to set that fan base, get them excited about things. You know, he's a big purveyor of, you know, he was the student coach when I played at YSU, 91 through 94. And he is very, you know, very vocal. I want to run it like Coach Trestle does, but this isn't the early 90s. Exactly. And, and he's got to start looking at making some changes or he's going to be sh- yeah. And I like I like him a lot. I want it to work Here's, for him. you got to get more yeah. more better recruits. I'm, I, I'm 100% rooting for him to be have the greatest year possible. I'm not rooting against him. I just see a program that's stagnated for the last 20 yes. years. Yep. And nope. I see a program that has to figure out who they are as an identity and move forward. Quit talking about Coach Yeah, yeah. yeah. God bless it, Coach exactly. yeah. I mean, he changed everything. Look, his impact is on a, this university is, is beyond and recognition. the city of Youngstown. Well, just, yeah, yeah. in yeah. The Northeast Ohio. Let's, you know... You're not going to compete with Jim Trestle nope. era, okay? Either as president or coach. head coach. It doesn't matter. You're not going to get exactly leave so go. Let's try to do it without let's his see, shadow. Right. On you. Let's yeah. let's as much as you want to bring him up, as much as you want to mm-hmm. associate yourself with the winning program that was in the '90s. 
It's 2023. I agree. You know, this is Doug Phillips' program. Mm-hmm. What is Doug Phillips doing to take this program to a level where they're competing for conference championships? Agreed. Once you compete for conference championships, then you're winning conference championships. And once you do that, that means you're making the playoffs. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that and, and the playoffs being expanded now to twenty four teams. You if and you're competing, your you're gonna too. make it. Yeah. And if you're winning games at home and you get some home games for the playoffs, you better know how to win it. Exactly. Home. Or you're done. The thing to me is, you know, this year they changed the playoffs. Again, it's still twenty four teams, but instead of fourteen auto bids and ten at large, it's back to twelve and twelve. Right. So you have two more at larges. YSU probably would have been one of those final two at large teams last year. But they didn't deserve it. Mm. Period. They didn't deserve it. They win the home games. So yeah, you, 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 you are what Dakota. your record represents. And I've just, said that in every sport, and I'll say that again. And you have to win your non conference games. Okay, you're not going to win Ohio State. We know no. that. But that's not, no one expects that. Mm-hmm. If it happens, it's the greatest miracle of all time. Oh, bigger than... Uh, if you know, they Michigan. win that game, right, right. my girlfriend's family might kick me out of the family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're pretty safe. Uh, uh, my question is, is we're going to keep it under 60 points. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, respectful. You know, I will say this I, I love I love the Penguins, but I, I'm afraid it's going to be 66, 68 I'm points. I'm going to go back to to a coach that was there and and Eric Wolford, and, and you know he's not everybody's you know cup of tea, nope. and and that's fine. But what he did do is he competed better than yeah, I've seen did. any coach in he a did. long His time. His problem he was yeah. Yeah. And he, he competed. He just couldn't win at the end of the game. Well, you know, he couldn't win in there was not a better right. offense in five seasons than what Wolfer brought in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wolfer's offense was outrageously put points on the yep. scoreboard. His biggest problem is he couldn't prevent anybody from scoring. Right. And his common statement always was, we didn't score enough. <laughs> Six and, greater than three, you know, right? right. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong. Yes and no. You in football is twofold, and all sports and is do twofold. And we need to bring if, up the old adage you, about defense. Right, we don't even chance. need to right, say right. Yeah. If I hold you under X amount of points, that makes me look much stronger mm-hmm. and need less to beat you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why we talk of baseball pitching, pitching, pitching. Pitching wins ball games. Yeah, you need to score runs. Yep. Cleveland's a perfect example of that, but they don't have the pitching this year, so it doesn't really matter. But, you know, if you had stellar pitching, you're in every game. If you have a good, and, and this is where Doug Phillips is having the biggest problem in his four years here. He has no quarterback. Mm-mm. He continues every year without a quarterback. Every year they, they make changes at quarterbacks. In the middle of the season, they make another change. Yep. And you just can't, you have to. To be able, I don't care what the level you're at. If you're Division three or Division one, you're if you're a head coach, yep. your number one responsibility is go out and recruit three quarterbacks. He's got some good players there, but for whatever reason, the way that yeah. things are being run there, that you're you not seeing the to. guys that you know, in my but, opinion, right. would do better. I right. think the but you look at all the quarterbacks you go up against in this conference. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And some of them are are a top-level quarterback. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just better than yours. Mm-hmm. And they're winning games because of that. So my question to Doug Phillips, and my question to every 
coach that's come through that door since Trestle. And Trestle was best at this. He always had a quarterback. Yeah. He always, he had, always had two. He always had three. Exactly. And that's my exactly. point. That's what I said. You have to figure out where the quarterbacks are, and you got to start recruiting them when they're sophomores. And yep. you got to continue to hammer that home. And then when you have that opportunity to get them into your office, you have to be able to seal the deal. And unfortunately, you know, we've seen some local talent come and go mm-hmm. at Youngstown. And have they had the opportunity? I don't know if they had, had the, the full opportunity to deserve. That's not important. The bottom line is they never made it through. And they didn't, you know, it, I don't care where they come from. If they come from Alaska, that's fine with exactly. me if they can get the job done. Why and if they come from Florida, that's fine with me. If they, get, if they come from Western Pennsylvania, that's fine with me. I, yes, I want our local guys to have opportunity. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is you want players who can play mm-hmm. and are going to put your program in position to win. I don't care if you have 50 guys from out of state or 50 guys from the state of Youngstown. Mm-hmm. As long as you're out there competing and giving yourself opportunities to win, I don't care. Why is you success? And that's the bottom line. You can't be prejudiced saying we have to recruit locally. Yes, you do. Because of all the all you competition around it. you, but 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 you can't rely on just that. No, you. Think, Trestle was great, and I know we're bringing up like, <laughs> the golden golden goose <laughs> the again. Golden goose. <laughs> but what what did he do? How often did he go down to Florida and get to play? All, all the time. time. That's all where the our time. state came from. Most of it. <laughs> That's A my, lot of it. Yeah, exactly. My point is, you can get talent all over the country. I don't care if they come from Indiana. I don't care if they come from Missouri. As long as you get them here and they're playing and they buy into the program and you then breed success. Well, I think it, it, two things. Recruiting here is, yeah, you got to recruit locally because you're the local university. Mm-hmm. But as we've talked about, and you guys have seen it, either the talent is good enough to go D1, like Big Ten or MAC. Or it's not quite good enough to be, you know, yeah. and, and how you, things slip through, yes. But in this conference nowadays, you cannot recruit at a 1AA level because you will get your ass beat. Mm-hmm. You've yeah. got to be com- recruiting all levels. Yeah. Mac and yeah. all that. Um, That's how we won the 90s. We've we're, got we're, these kids sitting, the Big Ten that didn't want to sit on the bench. We're That's sitting right. with a guy who, who's a perfect example of that. Yeah, Matt has mentioned many times how he was being recruited by other Division mm-hmm. One schools. And they and they all made their pitches. No. And in the end, you chose to stay home. I, I did. And there and, was something about Coach right. Russell that did it. Yeah. Exactly. That's the bottom line. You know, you, when you're talking about talent, Talent always rises to the top. It always does. Yeah. The question that is, man. how do you, as a coaching staff, bring the best out of that talent and improve on their abilities? Mm-hmm. And that creates programs. That's what creates winning. You have to be able to find a way to do that. Awesome. You have to have that door open. And you have to be able to have that freshman coming in and building up to get mm-hmm. out, and, and it's, it's more difficult. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say sorry. it's more difficult today than mm-hmm. ever before because now you have free agent college mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. okay, at all levels. So a player comes in, you have to continue to recruit them to keep them here. 
and that's that's a whole different ball game, you know, with with the uh, transfer window. Yes, but also you could take total advantage of that transfer window, and you should. You get guys and you have to go get them yeah. from other areas. Yes. That want to come to YSU because of yeah. what's going on, and they're sending their highlight films, and like I want to come to you. Yeah, yeah. Bottom YSU line, success this year. I mean, it's pretty upfront and basic. We've already talked about it. The quarterback play. If you get good quarterback play from Mitch Davis, and he's got weapons. Yeah. And how do you replace some of the production? Because you're not going to replace Julian McLaughlin. Period. No. But how do you re- have a sufficient run game to complement the passing game? That's the thing. You know, this is the first year in a while they don't have a legitimate number one running back. If they can figure that out, there is absolutely no reason this team does not Somebody win eight needs games. To step up, next man yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next man put up. Put your yeah. big boy pants on. I do want to say yeah, something Grant, real quick. Is, is I didn't get to on the Ohio State Notre Dame. I just mentioned how I'm both, mm-hmm. but. You know, and it will make it easier at the end of that game knowing that either Mm -hmm. one I'm cool with. But, you know, you have, in my opinion, the first and foremost thing that is going to show both these teams is how their defensive lines are going to attack these offenses. And if they get in there and they get some penetration and they start causing havoc, those linebackers fill in beautifully, which Mm -hmm. normally both have unbelievable Yes, they do. Yep. Then, then either one, and I have to agree with you about the game that Ohio State has the week before. Yeah. Even if they, they, it, it's just a, you know, some some guys are beat up, and and it was tougher than they expected. Because you better damn well know yeah. they're going to be ready to play in a national championship. And that game team against can the score points too. Western Kentucky can yes. score points, and they. Make I'm not it saying tough. they're going to beat them. No, but they're going to no, be like I said, enough. Yeah, that's they're going to be a, they're going to be a much more challenge than Youngstown State is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just hope to God why <laughs> they will. Be. Yeah. I just hope to God why is you crossing the field and gets out healthy. You know, honest to God, I always have I always have one goal every year when they play a team. No injuries. Well, two goals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get out of injury free is actually number one. Mm-hmm. And the other one is do two two things. Have one great defensive stand. Yep. Where I don't care if it's three and out or if it's a big fourth down play, you make the stop. Mm-hmm. Or in B, you're able offensively able to move down and get into and the get end zone. Some scores and get yeah. in the end zone. And if you can have, do it multiple times, great. That's even better. But right now, I have always have had the basic goal: score a touchdown because yeah. they've struggled so hard against uh-huh. the yep. higher Division One mm-hmm. schools of scoring touchdowns. Make it somewhat competitive, right. at yeah. least uh, for well, the first half. It, it, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I remember another Wolford team oh, when he right. was at Michigan State. They yeah. played very well yeah. that Illinois first half. Illinois, too. He had Michigan State yeah. and Illinois, too, yeah. on the Second ropes. Half, yeah, they yeah. got you know, I think yanked it, on. He had I, Illinois beat in who, the fourth quarter and with It might, it might have been Haycock at this time because I can't yeah. remember. But they actually were leading Penn State at halftime. Mm-hmm. I think that it was, was 10-7. John Haycock, and that was the Penn State team that went to Columbus and beat Ohio State that year with yeah. Daryl Clark. And I played very well. They, they, they were up too. like 7 nothing or 10-7. Right, 10-7, yeah. I think, at halftime <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, look, all I look for is be competitive. Mm-hmm. Like you say, get out injury-free and make a couple plays on both sides of the ball. If you make some plays on special teams, even better. And yep. you'll get you some know? recruits from right. that, too. Yeah, you will. You, you have to. Because 
you, that's the way you're going to get the transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, look look yeah, at their exactly. play. I, I didn't get to go to Ohio State or the Big Ten, but I right. get to play against them. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah, huge. Agreed. All right, guys. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. I want to uh, thank you, Matt, for stopping by. I really thank appreciate you. seeing you again. And it was a Looking forward to your reports coming up this season with uh, the Middle Ridge Rams. We're going to stay in touch with you there. You'll give us some of the Ohio flair of the high school football season as I make my trek back east again to Lawrence County and uh, – We'll be taking care of all those schools over there with uh, the Lawrence County Sportsnet. Yeah, it yeah. should be a lot of fun. I look forward to talking with you. Yeah, it should be a lot of good. Anthony, safe on the road as you're going to be traveling yeah. everywhere. I traveling, yeah. You're never not in a car, so please be careful. <laughs> no, I live in a car now. <laughs> I might as well go buy a van. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, for Anthony and Matt, I am Tim. Have a wonderful good evening, good day. Good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to the podcast. And remember, tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP. 